Thank you for joining us. This is WTOP reporter Nick Ainelli, today joined by Sal Cassano, who spent more than four decades in the New York City Fire Department, serving as a crucial leader before, during, and after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. Can you walk us through your career with the department? It is so inspiring. Well, I, I started with the department in 1969 as a probationary firefighter, and and then I... Um, Got promoted to lieutenant in 1977, captain in 1984, battalion chief in 1987. I was promoted to deputy chief in 1993. And then in 1999, I joined the uh, commissioner's staff, first as a two-star chief. And then 1999, I got my third star. And then um, on September 11th, uh, after the attacks of September 11th, I was promoted to the chief of operations. And that was in uh, September of 2001, which put me in charge of all the fire operations and EMS operations in the city of New York. And then in 2006, I was promoted to the chief of department, which um, expanded my role to include everything I did as the chief of operations, but then include all the different bureaus, such as training, fire prevention, EMS, um, and then in 2010, Mayor Bloomberg appointed me the commissioner uh, for the New York City Fire Department. So when 9-11 happened, you had already had extensive experience, with not only just with the city, being in the city, but also being a first responder in the city, right? Oh, yes. I was, uh, in fact, on September 11th, um, my role as a citywide tour command was to oversee the borough of Manhattan, as well as, you know, uh, do the day-to-day fire duty with my other command chiefs. So, yes, there was... I had 32 years of experience on September 11th. All right. So let's talk about the day itself. When it happened, given that you had all this experience, I'm sure you had responded to difficult situations before, but this must have been uh, just a completely different world for you at the time. You tell me, what was it like during your, your your role at that time when you heard about the news and you had to respond and you had to pull together your resources and everything? Just walk us through what that was like and what you were thinking as you were in the middle of it. Sure. Well, um, I was working at headquarters that day uh, with the, a number of other staff chiefs. And uh, when the report came over that there was um, an explosion, first came over as an explosion at the World Trade Center, which was unusual in itself. But when you hear an explosion, you may be thinking of a an accident, you know, construction accident or something. And then Pretty much right after that, when the first chief got on the scene, Chief Joe Pfeiffer, he reported that the plane had hit the World Trade Center. And and then we knew uh, right at that moment, it was going to be the most difficult day that we had all faced, no matter how much experience we had in responding to that incident. Um, I had drilled at that building many times as my role. At first, I was assigned there as a deputy chief to the first division, which included the World Trade Center and many other iconic buildings as well. But we, we trained extensively at the World Trade Center. So uh, responding there, I knew that um, this was going to be a difficult, extremely difficult rescue operation and very difficult to extinguish that fire if we could. And, and then as I was responding there, as I was getting out of my vehicle, um, I heard another explosion. And I was on the north side of the North Tower, so I didn't really have a view of the South Tower. So in my mind... I thought that it was a secondary explosion. And by that, by this time, we already knew it had been a terrorist attack. This wasn't an accident. It was just too beautiful a day. 
as I was responding, I'm looking out the window of my headquarters uh, building and knowing that it was just impossible for this to be an accident. It was a clear blue sky day. There's no way in the world a plane could have got disoriented. So at responding that we knew we were at a we were we were responding to a terrorist attack. You know, Sal, I, I, let me just yeah. let me just say that I've heard so many people talk about that day, and that's what everyone says. Like this day was so perfect un, until what happened. I always hear about the the weather, the the perfect temperature, the blue skies. So what you just said, I, I've heard so many times. It's so interesting. It, it everything about that day, you know, it was just a, a gorgeous day, blue sky, September morn. You know, the temperature was nice, but so that's why we, you know, going there, we knew that we were in for, we, we were responding to a terrorist attack. So as I explained, when I get out of my vehicle and I hear another explosion and I look up and there's debris flying all over the place, I thought, wow, secondary explosion. So I had a, I had a duck for cover. Uh, and then as soon as the debris stopped raining down, I got back into my vehicle to make my way onto West Street, which would give me a better view of the North Tower. And then I then I realized that the South Tower had also been hit by a plane, and um, and that's when we went into uh, you know what we call chiefs mode and setting up a command post and getting you know units responding into us. And I was actually working with the chief of department that day, uh, Chief Peter Gancy, who was killed a little bit later on, and um, so I was sort of being an aide to, to the chief, and I had other responsibilities. I was collecting the units that were coming in. I was keeping track of members that were off duty coming in. Um, I had to take a, a, a short journey to the Marriott Hotel to see what units we had there. And as I was going into the Marriott uh, on my way down on West Street, I met Father Michael Judge. I and mean, I'm sure everybody's heard the story of Father Michael Judge. And, and you know, we just um, looked at each other. I knew him very well. Uh, he gave me a nod and uh, I could see the look on his face of apprehension, concern, anxiety of knowing that this was going to be a bad day. And I just looked at my father, we need more chaplains here. This is going to be a very bad day. And then we went on our way and I made my way into the Marriott, uh, took some information, uh, brought it back to the command post. And that's at that very moment when I got back to the command post is when the South Tower collapsed. And um, we had picked the post, we had picked a spot for the command post on West Street where knowing that if something happened, we would need to uh, retreat a little bit. So we picked a, a garage uh, when we set up our command post and our units were reporting. And so if anything happened, we would make our way into the garage. And it's exactly what we did when the South Tower collapsed. Uh, we retreated into the garage to regroup, um, get out of harm's way for a bit. And, and Pete, Chief Gansey was still with us. We, we were talking. And, and then when we came out of the uh, garage, we looked up and saw that the South Tower collapsed uh, much to the amazement of all of us looking at a 110-story building just collapsing. And and then when, at that time, uh, the, Pete Gancy, the chief of the department, went into, you know, a mode of, let's, we got to, we're going to have to rescue a lot of people and see how many people are trapped. We knew we had hundreds of people in the building, just knowing how many people we had assigned there. And uh, he gave me some orders uh, to um, get... Uh, as many units north, we had to move our units north uh, in case the North Tower collapsed. Uh, we had to get more people, rescue companies to follow him down south. So he was going to lead the rescue effort. And, and that's just the way Pete was. He was the chief of the department, but he was also our uh, commander in chief. And he led by example. And 
this had happened many other times that I was with him at uh, fires and all. Pete was going to take charge. And he, he made his way down south. Um, he gave me some orders. I just had to move the command post north to evacuate the North Tower because the South Tower collapsed. There was a good possibility the North Tower would collapse. So I was given those orders um, to people that were coming out of the North Tower. And um, a few minutes later, I was making my way back south to meet up with the chief to help him in his rescue efforts and to do whatever I could for him. When I heard a loud roar, which I thought was um, another plane coming in, that's what kind of a roar it was. And I looked up and it was the North Tower collapsing uh, right in front of our eyes. And um, with that, I had to turn around and start to make head up north to make my way to see if I could outrun this building. And um, I saw an apparatus on the corner of West and Vesey, and I just ducked under that apparatus, hoping to weather the storm. And uh, when the um, smoke and dust had cleared, it really never cleared. But when it had it, it risen a little bit, I was uh, I was injured from some flying debris. And um, I don't know how it happened, but uh, there was a couple of EMTs as I was trying to make my way out of the area were there to help me. And uh, extricate me out of what was going on and they took me up to St. Vincent's Hospital, checked me out really quick and the reason why I was checked out so quickly is because actually nobody was making their way to the hospital. Either you survived or you were killed and so I was given care very quickly, uh, had some injuries but was taken back to headquarters so that I could actually work from headquarters because I knew everybody was at the scene to coordinate what was going on at the site and throughout the rest of the city, try to get a hold of how many people were missing, uh, where people were taken, what units were there. All of our command posts that we had there were destroyed when the both buildings collapsed. So I was trying to play uh, catch up from headquarters and to be there to run the operations to see um, actually what was going on. And then from there, the day went into night, the night went into the next day, and the next day went into the night. And um, before I got home was two days later. So um, that was my day and the day after pretty much. And how are you doing today from those injuries that you sustained? Are you, are you fully recovered? Oh yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yes. I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm one of the fortunate ones that uh, has survived and 21 years later still doing okay. And speaking of the fact that it's 21 years later, we're talking about the anniversary, although the word anniversary doesn't even seem right for this, you know, but I, I, you know, that's, that's what it is, the anniversary. When we come upon the anniversary of 9-11, what does that mean to you as someone who was there, someone who was helping people, responding to the situation? Does it bring back really terrible memories, or do you have a feeling of, of that you came together and a patriotic kind of feeling. Can you describe what, what the day means for you now? Nick, I'm going to say a little of both because I, I mean, I saw the destruction that day. I saw um, my closest friends get killed. So it brings back those memories, but it also brings back the memories of the bravery that I saw that day on display from the members of my department, the members of the police department, the Port Authority, other first responding agencies, our EMTs and paramedics, also the many civilians in that building that nobody ever hears the stories of in the heroic efforts that took place in that building where people would not leave their co-workers, that they stayed by their side 
and they perished together and some did get out together. It brings back the, the memories of the horrific things that I saw that day, but it also gives me hope that the display of courage I saw that day by the people that I commanded, um, that's what I will never forget. And as, as I just used the word, I, I, it's just an instinct, never forget. Uh, we never forget the bravery and the sacrifice that were made by our members and their families till this day who never had a dad there for a baptism, a communion, a wedding, a, a graduation. So we must never forget those families as well. And we don't. Uh, we still we take care of our families very well. Uh, till this day, uh, my day on September 11th is I go to the World Trade Center site. I spend time with the families that are there. I spend some time at the firehouse that's closest to the uh, site, Engine 10, Ladder 10, because uh, they were destroyed pretty much for about a year before they got it. we got them up and running again. So it's a, a day of remembering the, the horrific events, but it, the better part of the day is remembering uh, all the bravery and, and never forgetting our families that go to that site because it, it actually is, for some of them, a cemetery. We have not recovered out of the 343 members we lost that day, there's still 126 members that have not been recovered till this day. So for some of them, that's where they go to spend their day. And, and I'm, I spend it with them. Would you say that everything that happened to you, everything you experienced on that day, really changed who you are? Would you say that it molded you and, and changed you from that day forward? Well, it changed me in this respect. From that day forward, when I was given the um, responsibility of being the chief operations, I dedicated myself to ensuring that the department would be rebuilt, uh, that we would be prepared for any incident that took place, uh, that every firefighter that came on this job would never forget what happened on September 11th, and we would dedicate our training and our experience to making sure that if we were faced with an event like that again, we would have different results. And, and that was a, a pledge to the members we lost that day. And it was a pledge to the families of the members we lost that day that we would never forget their, um, their, their, their uh, bravery and their sacrifices. And yeah, it, it, it changed my life completely because for the next almost 13 and a half years, I was dedicated and helped to rebuild the department along with a great staff uh, with great firefighters that, you know, we never knew if after it would happen to us on September 11th, people would want to become New York City firefighters. I mean, now they knew that we're just, they weren't just going to fight fires. They knew that they were going to be possibly the first responders to a first in terrorist attack. And so we says, wow, are people going to sign up for this job? We were going to have a test in October of 2001. Uh, we delayed it a little bit, but it was an overwhelming amount of people that applied over 60,000 people applied for the job and you know right then and there we knew we were going to be okay as a department we would just have to dedicate ourselves to training any new member that came on uh to all different new facets of what it would be to be a new york city firefighter whether it was a medical emergency whether it was a terrorist attack was a building collapse whether it was hurricane superstorm sandy that would come up 11 years later uh, we would have to be prepared for anything that we faced and Yes, it changed my life completely because for that, for until I retired as the commissioner, um, my dedication was to making sure that the department was better prepared, better equipped, and better trained than ever before. 
I'm interested to know uh, from you that um, whether each anniversary that comes and goes, you know, as we approach September 11th, uh, does it seem like the attacks are farther away in your mind, more distant? In other words, does it feel like it's been 20 plus years ago or, or when, the, uh, when the day comes and, and everyone's talking about it again, does it feel like it just happened? You, you know, what, what would you that's say to a, that? That's a great question because people will ask me that all the time. And I, and I say, you know, to some days it feels like it was 100 years ago. And then on some days it feels like it was yesterday, whether I'm in my basement and I look at the wall where I have the pictures of everybody we lost that day. And I see a face that I knew. I knew so many of them. I mean, you know, having been in the department for 32 years and working in all different boroughs, I knew so many of the people we lost that day. So when I look at that poster of all the people that we lost. It seems like it happened yesterday. And then some days, like I said, it seems like it happened 50 years ago, not 20, so long ago. But there's always a memory that comes up. And I will tell you, pretty much in the beginning of August, and I talked to all the people that were there for very close friends, we sort of get we sort of get this little anxiousness about us, knowing that the anniversary is coming up soon. It starts in August. It doesn't start in September. It starts in August. It starts with, did we see somebody we knew, a family member? And it just brings us back to that day. Um, yeah, it seems like it happened 100 years ago and then some days yesterday. We always hear about concerns about potential future threats or more attacks. Uh, with everything first responders and your industry learned on 9-11, do you feel that we as a country, we as a society and first responders, do you think that everyone's more prepared to respond now? Absolutely. I, I think a couple of things happened. We learned a lot on that day. We certainly learned a lot on that day. We brought in uh, a very high profile consulting company, McKinsey and Company, to help us to look at the, the, um, the activities of that day, how we responded, how we reacted, what we did right after that. And they gave us a great blueprint of to follow on what we did right, some of the things we needed to improve on. And, and we followed that. We put out a great report. They put out a great report for us. And we actually went step by step on what they told us we needed to do. And we've built on that. And, and the good part about what we did is we are a large department. We have a lot of personnel. Uh, we got a tremendous amount of grant funding from Homeland Security, which was formed there September 11th. And one of the things we told them every time I had to go and ask for funding, and I always said that what you give us in funding, we can pass along to the rest of the country. We can send out people out to train other departments. We can send out people out there to train other firefighters, other chiefs. So we did a tremendous amount of training with the funding we got. We bought a tremendous amount of new equipment that we, we tested and, and we passed that on. As you say, we paid forward. Uh, we've sent out people all over the country uh, to share our experiences, to share our practices, our policies, our procedures. So we didn't only benefit by this, but the rest of the fire service in the United States benefited by it. We sent our people out to speak at many conferences uh, on what went right, what went wrong, what you would do need to do as a department. And so what we learned, we passed on to the rest of the fire service. And, and I can tell you that I know New York City, and I'm going to pretty much say the cities I've dealt with throughout the country, 
we're better prepared because of the lessons we learned from September 11th, uh, the more training that we've done from September 11th, the more interoperability we've done with other agencies, certainly with the NYPD, we're light years ahead of where we were 21 years ago, almost 21 years ago. Um, so those lessons that were learned, and, and we've know, we know it worked because we've had other events. We've had different types of medical emergencies. We had the Ebola, we had the Zika. And then when we, the stuff that we learned from those medical events, when the pandemic hit with the coronavirus, we took charge pretty much in the city and had policies and procedures in place. And uh, we, we had our first responders, they were at the tip of the spear for sure, our EMTs and paramedics, our firefighters. Um, because of those lessons learned from September 11th that we built on, uh, we were able to handle this pandemic. And, and same thing with Hurricane Superstorm Sandy in 2012. The lessons that we learned, we thought would be preparing for another terrorist attack. Well, it wasn't a terrorist attack, but it was an event that hit all five boroughs. So all those policies and procedures that we put in place for a possible second terrorist attack fit right in, fit right in with um, how we handled that superstorm and, and it worked very well. So yeah, the lessons learned have been used very well in the city and have been spread throughout the country. Well, Sal, honestly, I could listen to you all day. I could talk to you for so long about all of this, and I just find your story to be so compelling. It is so inspiring, and especially the part where you talked about how you never thought that anyone would be a firefighter, and all of a sudden you found tens of thousands of people who wanted to apply and work alongside you, work in the New York City Fire Department. Your whole story is just incredible. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it very much. Thank you, Nick. Bye-bye.